Hey everyone, just before we get to this episode, I want to thank you so much for all of the early support here on CauseCast. This is really just a passion project that I launched because I really wanted to highlight those folks who are using podcasts in a positive way, but I've been seeing some great feedback, some great ratings and reviews from everyone, and so I am inspired to keep this project going and to find more amazing cause casters. So if you are someone who has a podcast for a cause or you know someone that's using this medium for a great cause, please, please, please have them go to causecast.org, fill out the form, reach out, and I'll schedule them on the show. In the meantime, I want to thank those folks who have taken just a few minutes to give the show a positive rating and to write a review, especially going out to Angela Obera. I hope I am not butchering your name when I say that. Thank you for the positive feedback. Meredith Messenger, Chad Grills, Teacher Tiffany, Thank you so much, everybody, for taking a few minutes. Anybody else listening, if you like what we're trying to do here on the show, if you want more CauseCasters to be highlighted, please go to CauseCast.org, pop on over to iTunes or Google or any of the platforms, throw a positive rating and review, subscribe, tell your friends about it. And if you can, if you have the resources, love it if you would also throw a couple of dollars at the GoFundMe pages for any of the host cause that you believe in. None of that money goes to me. I have no interest in profiting off this venture. I really just want to highlight great podcasters that are using this medium to make the world a better place and and help them and their causes be able to do more. So anything we can do to support them, I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much and enjoy today's episode of CauseCasts. Hi, and welcome to CauseCast. I'm your host, Matthew Passy. Here at CauseCast, we have one simple mission, to highlight the amazing folks who are using podcasts as a way to raise awareness for good causes. Whether that's a nonprofit they work with, a charity they support, a social justice campaign they're championing for, a medical condition they're battling, or someone who's just looking to make a positive impact on their local community, state, country, or the world. These are podcasters with a positive mission. Along with raising awareness for our guests' favorite causes, we're also going to see if we can raise some money to support their efforts. So make sure you check out the show notes for each episode at causecasts.org to learn more about what they're doing and how to help them achieve their goals. Very excited to take CauseCasts up to our neighbors to the north in Canada. We are joined today by Larry Gifford. He's the senior PD for Chorus Vancouver Station's CKMYWAM and AM730. And he is the host of a brand new podcast, which debuted just last month, When Life Gives You Parkinson's. It is a joint venture of Chorus Cast and Parkinson Canada. And Larry, thank you so much for joining us here on CauseCast today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So, Larry, this project is clearly a very important, clearly a passion project for you. Take us through the sort of evolution that led you to creating One Life Gives You Parkinson's. I've been doing podcasts for probably six years now. I'm a former radio consultant and have been in the radio business for almost 30 years now and have been an audio storyteller my whole life in news and sports and and love the idea of a podcast. So I did a podcast called Radio Stuff and did that for years and years. And last August, August of uh, 2017, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's which came to a shock to everybody. (laughs) So I began to come to grips with uh, my disease and the symptoms and realized that 
from my diagnosis, if you look back in my life, I'd probably had the disease for nine years, but just didn't know the symptoms and didn't know to put all the, the things together. And I thought, you know, I got diagnosed. I'm looking for a podcast to go to. And, and there's a couple of podcasts and they're usually by researchers or experts or doctors, but there wasn't the patient perspective. There wasn't the the person with Parkinson's telling their story. And I wanted something I could relate to. So I said, well, here's a gap in the market that I could fill. So last April, I went public with my diagnosis, and uh, April is Parkinson's Awareness Month, and uh, we did a little 20-minute mini-documentary that we played on radio, and and it had great success and lots of great feedback, and people asked me to continue doing it, and so we launched When Life Gives You Parkinson's, the podcast, and uh, it's on Apple and Google and everywhere you get your podcasts. So I want to get into a little bit more about the podcast itself, but in terms of your mission here is to raise some awareness and create a, you know, place for people who could be dealing with Parkinson's to sort of have, you know, some camaraderie, have somebody else to go with. What what were some of that you said, you know, you might've had it for nine years, but didn't really realize it. What were some of those symptoms that you might've missed as a, as a precursor to actually being diagnosed? Well, I, it started with my walk. I sort of have this clumpy, draggy foot, my right side, and we just thought I was overweight or getting old or whatever. And I th- for a while, I thought my shoes were too heavy. I thought I had these big, heavy Timberlands. I was like, well, I'll get some lighter shoes, and that didn't work. So I bought some lighter shoes, and that didn't work. And then we realized after a while, it's not the shoes. And then I lost my sense of smell along the way, which I've come to since find out is one of the initial things that can happen to somebody who has Parkinson's. I lost my sense of spatial relation, so I, I was bumping into doorways and the corners of desks more, and then eventually I got the tremor, which really uh, was alarming, and I said, okay, I got to get this checked out. Understood. And, and what was it like? I mean, what was that feeling when you know the doctor came in and said, like, this this is what it is? It's never easy for anybody. I'm sure. I mean, most, most medical diagnoses are not. For me, they thought I had MS at first, and so they sent me to a uh, MS neurologist, and he says, hey, good news. You don't have MS, but I think you have Parkinson's. And so then I had to wait five months to see another neurologist who could confirm that diagnosis. That was a long wait. I was going to say, yeah, that, that does sound like a pretty torturous five months. Yeah. Not something that, you know, it's hard not to think about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your spirits are high. You seem, you know, very positive in our communications that we've had so far. I mean, you're just, you're, you're just bustling with life and positivity. How do you stay that way? How do you remain so optimistic and, and just keep chugging forward? Well, for me, I, you know, I've got a great wife and I've got a nine-year-old son who keep me grounded and happy and focused on what's important in life. I've got a great job who supports me, uh, not even, not just in the office, but with this podcast, uh, they're helping to distribute it and produce it and put their muscle behind it, which is great. You know, I, I've generally been a pretty positive guy. I, I will tell you that the Parkinson's, one of the symptoms that most people with Parkinson's end up getting is anxiety and depression, not as a reaction to the diagnosis, but actually as a symptom, just like a tremor would be because of the chemicals in the brain and how they're you know, changing and moving around and depleting. And so I, I do battle depression and some anxiety. And, uh, and so it, you catch me on some good days. <laughs> understood, understood. Understood. I'm curious also, you made a comment that I, I found so fascinating that when you were first diagnosed, one of the first places you looked to for resources, for comfort, for whatever it was, is you were trying to find a podcast about this. Like, why was that the case? Before you were even thinking of producing one, 
why were you trying to you know find one to consume? I am audio focused. Uh, that's my career. And I, I figured there must be somebody's story out there I could relate to or somebody who's been through this that could tell me what to expect and was hoping that there was something like that. And in the podcast, like Michael J. Fox Foundation has a great podcast, but it's all clinical. And, and I was looking for something more personal. Understood. And, you know, being someone who has worked in radio for so long, been a consultant, been a PD, I mean, obviously audio is is your baby, is your pride and joy in many sense of the word. But do you find that there is a difference in the type of content consumed as a podcast listener versus a radio listener? Not to say one is better than the other or one is more important, but do you see differences in what is out there in radio world and what's out there in podcast world? For sure. I think podcasts are more story-driven. Radio, especially talk radio, is more topic-driven. And what what I'm trying to do, at least with this podcast, is more of a documentary style. Uh, so like we're rolling tape as I go through my life mm-hmm. and letting the, the listener go along with me. It's very intimate. We have intimate conversations with my siblings and with my wife and with my son my mom, my doc, you know, involved in research projects. So we're talking to the researchers and and really trying to make it an immersive experience and encourage other people to tell their stories and along the way, you know, as I'm learning how to find my exercise routine and as I'm going to support groups and we're talking to these people too about their story. So it's not just about me. It's about the Parkinson's experience as a whole. Understood. And now I imagine because you've been in radio and audio for so long that maybe some of your family is used to it, but how are people, how receptive are people to having a microphone put in their face and, you know, asked to become part of this experience? I mean, it's, it's your experience, but, you know, certainly they're, you know, they're now in it with you. It's interesting with technology, you, you don't need to go around with a microphone anymore. And so, because that is intimidating to people, but if I set up you know, a little phone or if I call you over Skype or if I uh, just have a sort of a, just a little mini digital recorder that I can put on the table. A lot of times that can do the trick and we can just have a conversation and that's, that device is eavesdropping as opposed to me interviewing somebody. Understood. Do you find that people maybe change the way they talk to you just even knowing that that recorder is present? I mean, would it invasion of privacy probably, but like, would it make sense to just kind of record without them knowing? And then after the fact, be like, by the way, that was recorded. Can I use it? No, I, I don't like to do the sort of the switcheroo. Okay. Cause some people don't want to be that vulnerable. They don't want their story told. And, and I respect that. You know, I'm not critical of anybody who doesn't want to be recorded because some people just aren't to that stage of acceptance of their disease. And, and phew, I get it. Oh, but it's less about agreed. Like, I don't think you want to invade people's privacy. But, you know, when you hit record, a lot of people, their demeanor changes, the way they talk changes, whether it's in a microphone, whether it's to a camera. So, I mean, less about some of the other folks who you might be talking to in the support groups. But, you know, what about the, the clinicians, the researchers, the doctors? Like, do you feel like now that you've hit record, they might talk to you a little bit differently? Not Not consciously, not like... I'm putting on my radio voice to talk to you, but you know, maybe they're just, they're a little bit more conscious of that and it affects them in any way. Maybe not as frank or as conversational as they could be when the mic's off. But if you talk to them long enough, you know, you gather enough tape, you can get there. It takes a couple of minutes to sort of get them over the hump that they were being recorded. And a lot of it has to do with eye contact and, and how you're talking to them. 
So if, if you have on the interviewer voice, they're going to have on the interviewee voice. <laughs> right. If you're just talking to them and interrupting them just like a normal conversation instead of trying to be, you know, an intrepid reporter, then they'll, they'll mimic your approach. And I guess to your point also, that's why you sort of keep the low profile recorder. If the microphone's right there, it's a constant reminder. Right. And then a couple occasions I, I've been there with a TV crew with Global News and we'll have on the lapel mics and then you forget the cameras are there. And you're just having a conversation and you're not holding anything. There's nothing there. It's just all being recorded because you have a lapel mic. And that, that's very handy as well. All right. So more about the show itself. When Life Gives You Parkinson's, as you said, this is a bit of a documentary sort of going with you and you know, talking to all these different people who you're interacting with as a result of the diagnosis and all the other people who you are meeting in support groups and clinicians and researchers. What have you found has been the impact on listeners so far, having something like this out there for the community? The feedback that we've gotten so far is like, I've been waiting for this. So glad this is here. People saying, you know, my husband was diagnosed with, you know, young onset Parkinson's 11 years ago, and we've been dealing with how to raise our kids. And I've had other people say, oh boy, you know, I've been looking for a podcast and I hadn't found one yet. So thanks for doing this. And so many people are affected by a disease like Parkinson's and it's rarely talked about because it, it, it's one of those those diseases that it's not going to kill you like, like cancer could, but it, it is death like with a thousand cuts because every so often you lose something because it's, it's neurodegenerative. So over the course of time, you lose the function of maybe your right hand or you lose your sense of smell or you you know, so you're having all these losses along the way. And so people just like to, to hear that they're not alone. And I guess that goes back to why you chose to do this as a podcast, because it allows you to tell this story, to get deeper, to get more intimate, to, you know, really connect with people versus just uh, radio can often sometimes be more of a speaker phone than, than conversational. I don't know that I have a daily radio show in me. And, and frankly, one of the symptoms of Parkinson's is that it can begin to steal and silence your voice which is tragic and ironic at the same time. So I, I want to tell my story verbally for as long as I can while I have this disease. And I want to encourage other people to do that as well. And, and I, I think that the other thing is I, I'm not a very good typing anymore or writing. And I'm, I've never been a dancer, so I couldn't choreograph <laughs> a dance. So podcasting just seemed like the natural fit. Do you think in general, though, podcasting is the right medium or a ideal medium for Anybody who's trying to raise awareness for a cause and connect to their community and, and, you know, drive the conversation? Well, I think everybody has their own strengths and whatever's natural to them. I think podcasting is one of the mediums that, that can be effective in you know, raising awareness of what people are going through, uh, whether you have Parkinson's or not. It can help drive attention to a disease that's badly in need of more research dollars because there is no cure there's no biomarker, so there's no blood test you can say to have it. It's all clinically diagnosed. There, there's a lot of research that needs done in order to improve the quality of life of the people with Parkinson's. And I guess, you know, to your point, raising awareness is, it's easy if somebody, as you said, has early onset Parkinson's or has had this diagnosis for a while, you know, they're searching for this material, they find it, they, you know, they're finding that it's well-received, it's well-reviewed, and you know, they listen to it and it talk, speaks to them and, and they become a fan. But how do you get someone who doesn't know, isn't aware that they might have some of these symptoms to now find you when they're not even 
when this isn't even on their radar. Well, that's, that's a good point. You know, some of what I do is is beyond the podcast. So I do TV interviews, or I I go around and we we have information meetings where people, if they're curious about the disease, or I go on the radio station and talk about uh, what we're doing. And it's just raising the awareness in the population in general, so people talk about it more. I mean, it's it's kind of like yeah, he has Parkinson's as opposed to I mean, people just kind of. They think it's the shaky disease, and it's so much more than that. And I think just the more people talk about Parkinson's and the symptoms and what they're going through and what their personal experience is, is with it, whether they are experiencing Parkinson's themselves or it's their mom or their dad or their brother or their son or their sister, the more people will become aware of what those symptoms could be. We have a very unique opportunity here in speaking to you on CauseCast because not only are you somebody who has their own CauseCast, you've done this great podcast, but you also have this lifetime of experience just doing audio in general. And so I wonder, you know, what would you tell somebody else who either has a podcast for their cause, their nonprofit, what you know, whatever they're trying to assist with, or somebody who's thinking about it? You know, what are some ways to attack a show, attack this medium, you know, be successful with a podcast that come from your experience of, of production? Well, sure. So I'll first tell you about how we're approaching this and then mm-hmm. how other people can approach it on their own. Okay. We started thinking, okay, this could be, we're going to do seasons because I've got a full-time job in addition to this and it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of time to put this together. So I thought, well, let's do a 12 episode arc for season one. Uh, we'll release it every other week. It'll be done in, let's say, February. We'll come back in April for World Parkinson's Awareness Month and do some special things, and then we'll launch season two next fall. So I'm, I'm planning ahead, trying to figure out, okay, what, what does this look like? So so there's runway up in front of me. And then we, as we were putting it together, we're like, yeah, well, we want something every week. So we're going to release the big episodes every other week. And then in between, we created what we call uh, – extra dosage, which is just a bonus episode. And this is like this. The first one was me one-on-one with my neurologist, asking him the questions that maybe I hadn't asked him before. And and then we also talked to some folks at Parkinson Canada, which is our partner for the podcast. And uh, we, we got a hold of this nurse from the who, who was in nursing school in the 1960s be, before the main medication for Parkinson's was created, which is levodopa. She said, people would come in and they were so far gone that you couldn't bend them. You couldn't put them on the toilet. You had to, to put diapers on them. So a really interesting um, sort of contextual piece. So the extra bonus is is not the documentary style. It's more of, of interview style. So it goes back and forth every other week. If you are considering doing a podcast or are doing a podcast, a couple of things you have to keep in mind. Understand that you you should map out as many of the episodes or the themes of the episodes as you can in advance so you understand the the arc of what you're trying to create. I would say don't put time limits on it. It needs to be as long as it needs to be to tell the story you're trying to tell. Not any shorter, not any longer. So if it's 20 minutes, great. If it's 35 minutes, great. You know, our first episode was year 30. Our second episode was 17. Our third episode is going to be 39. Don't just fill time to fill time. Try to be as conversational as you can be and authentic and you know you don't have to be the authority of everything you can seek out that information from other people i'm I'm not an authority on parkinson's i'm new to it i've only been you know trying to figure out what this is all about for the last year or so so i'm not trying to fool anybody and say i'm the best source of information i'm one source of information I, i and i can tell you about my experience and i think that's important because i think when people begin to record their voice and publish it 
like on a podcast, they feel like they need to be the authority. And you don't. You just need to be curious. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I always tell people, whether they're charismatic, whether they're boisterous, whether they're, you know, this amazing personality, no radio experience, tons of radio experience, television, whatever, like you can be successful just with curiosity. If you are genuinely trying to figure this all out, and it's probably the reason why your audience is doing it too, then you really, you can't go wrong. And you'll get more and more support along the way. People are like, oh yeah, I had that experience too. And, and you know, if you mess up, you mess up and you, you know, you either edit it out or you, or you keep it in to be authentic. But I think that there's a great opportunity for people. If you, if you are passionate about it, don't just do it because, you know, we say you should do it. You got to do it because you want to do it because it is hard work. Put in the time and the get get the proper editing equipment and try to think about the quality of the podcast as well as, you know, not just the quality of the content, but also the quality of the production value. I also thought it was something interesting that you said in terms of planning it out that you have your first season, you're going to have it go till about February, and then you're going to do some special content related to Parkinson's Awareness Month. And so, especially for causes, because so many of them have Awareness Days, Awareness Month, some, something going on that is outside of the podcasting space that they should really plan in that way that they should be thinking about that as they're preparing to launch or set up or they really should just take advantage of that extra awareness that's going to be happening. Oh, yeah, because then your podcast will get wrapped up into that cause month and will get retweeted more if you're on Twitter or get more attention on Facebook. More people will be talking about it because it'll be top of mind for people. And so if you, if you can be creating original content in during that time, it will draw more attention to your podcast and hopefully drive awareness of it. And I mean, I suppose it, it was a little bit easier with your stature, but I suppose that relationship with Parkinson Canada has also been a great boost. And so someone who might've started this on their own, say they decide to do something on cancer, should they reach out to other cancer organizations and societies and see if there's a way to partner up, whether it's donations or, or better yet, just a little help, a little marketing, a little assistance to get the word out there about it. Yeah. And I think all these organizations, I mean, they're volunteer based for the most part and they're looking for stories and angles and ways to get the word out. And if you can include them in the creation of the content or in the promotion of the content, I think there, there's a big win-win there. You know, I started with the Parkinson's Society of British Columbia, which is where I'm at and where I that's who I turned to first to get information and to get support groups. And I just, I was just talking to them. I'm like, I'm going to start this podcast. They're like, cool. Yeah. Well, we'll let us know. We'll talk about it and, you know, we'll, we'll promote it. And then I included them in some of the stuff. And then they invited me to MC one of their events and it's mutually beneficial. If you're willing to be an advocate for that cause, the people that are in these volunteer organizations are looking for local boots on the ground advocates that can help spread the word and, and, and be a voice for, for the cause. Excellent. Larry, is there anything else that you think folks should keep in mind as they're looking to launch a Causecast on their own or if they're currently producing one and, and wondering why it's not going anywhere? You've got to be passionate about it and you, you got to promote it. You've you got to be willing to, to tell your friends about it. Ask them to rate it and write a review and share it and listen to it and subscribe to it. And if your goal is to to really drive listening, then you have to be the the main driver of getting people out there to listen to it. So I'm I'm constantly updating my social feeds, which I and I was able to secure Parkinson's Pod hmm. for Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So which is easy. So I can on the podcast I can just 
tell people, follow me on social media. It's at Parkinson's Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and, and Instagram instead of three different handles. Yes, I, I had I had three different handles for something else I was doing, and it was such a pain to have to, you know, regurgitate what all the different acronyms are. I just got to the point like, hey, you find it on the website. All of our social media profiles are there. Well, we want to encourage everybody listening to go check out When Life Gives You Parkinson's. It is available on Apple. It's available on Google. And as Larry just let us know, you can find Parkinson Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Take a listen. Let them know what you think. Tell your friends and family and anybody else who might be interested in the content to check it out and to rate, review, and share with their friends. And of course, as we always do on CauseCast, we're going to make sure that we can try to not only raise awareness for the show, but we want to raise some funds as well to benefit a cause that's important to Larry and to his partner. So when this is all said and done, we'll have a donation page that is linked to Parkinson's Canada. You can find that at causecast.org. And Larry, just want to thank you so much for taking the time to you know share with us your experience and your story. And just for, you know, the great work that you're doing and helping others and, and helping the community up there. Well, thank you uh, for shedding some light on it. And make sure that uh, one last piece of advice, if you're going to have a podcast, focus on Apple. Apple's where most of the podcast listing happens. So you want people to rate and review it on Apple. You want people to subscribe on Apple. Uh, you may have it on Omni. You may have it on Google Podcasts. You may have it on Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you have it. And that's great. It should be as many places as possible, but promote Apple. Very good. Larry, thank you so much for the time. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of CauseCast. Again, if you've been inspired by the work of our guest, please check out the show notes in your podcast app or head to causecast.org. There you will find links to the work of our guest and a special donation link set up to support their favorite cause. All the proceeds are going directly to that cause, minus any administration fee on the platform that they set up. None of the money is coming here to the CauseCast production. Also, while you're at CauseCast.org, make sure you follow and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your podcast show. And follow us on social media as we'll try to provide updates with what's going on with our guests and some other folks who will be featuring on the show and any other efforts that we have to support the community of cause casters that are out there now there's also going to be a special facebook group dedicated to cause casters so if you already have a podcast for a cause or you're thinking about launching one join the group it'll be dedicated to providing resources and answering questions specifically for cause casters hopefully we can do things like arrange some special non-profit pricing of various podcast services to help you with your venture and you know keep you under budget because we know a lot of people doing Causecast are not going to be reaping in the, the money. So we want to see what we can do to help you produce a high quality product, get your story out there, get people inspired and not break the bank. Lastly, if you are a Causecaster and want to join me here on the show for an interview, please head to causecast.org and fill out the interview request form. We'll take a quick look at it. And if approved, we'll schedule you for chat and show the amazing work you're doing with Causecast, raise some awareness for what you're doing and ideally raise some money as well. Thank you so much again for staying with me and we will see you next time on CauseCasts. Causecasts.